This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. On today's episode of The Pastor's Pathway, How to Make Decisions, we'll be talking about finding God's will in the midst of a difficult decision. We're going to discuss some key ways to good decision-making. We'll also talk about what to do when things are not clear or, frankly, confusing. We'll talk about some principles that you can put in place in your life so that you can make the decisions that matter the most in your ministry, in your church, and in your personal life. I'm Kyle Willis, founder of Talenton Church Services, and as always, we're joined by Dace Clifton, the founder of TheDailyPastor.com. Dace, welcome to the show. Kyle, great to talk about decision-making today. This is a subject that I like to talk about because there are decisions to be made every day. And uh, so, yeah, making them quickly. And I, I think of a wise man who once said, passivity is not an option, right? So we've, we've got to do some things. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> So, well, yeah, yeah. And to be frank, we uh, made the decision on how to record this episode and the strategy we wanted to uh, fairly quickly. You know, it wasn't, uh, we don't things, we don't do things by committee around here. And so, uh, what could have been done in a two hour church meeting, we got done in about two and a half minutes, right? A- absolutely. We're charging ahead. Well, on the subject of decision making, I've got one unusual question for you. Kyle, I want to know what's the most, what's the weirdest way? that you've heard a decision was made. I mean, it could involve chicken bones or examination of organs. Preferably that's not within church, but, but, you know, have you ever heard of an unusual way that a decision was made? So I will tell a story here. Uh, Proverbs 1631, uh, depending on what translation you use, uh, says you flip the coin, but the Lord determines which way it falls. Oh yeah. Uh, so there was a season in my life where I, uh, use this to justify all sorts of bad decisions, uh, namely in Ecuador, jumping off of a bridge after I had lost my wife's uh, Christmas present. I had just proposed to her about a week early. I was like, Hey, I really need that digital camera. She let me borrow it. Uh, it fell off a bridge. I won't go into the whole story, but then, uh, I decided to go bungee jumping off this bridge and we did it honestly off of a coin flip. I was like, if it's head, it's God's will. So, uh, that's an effort. That's a story of poor decision-making in my life. Well, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that was poor decision-making because, I mean, think about the outcomes. Either A, you were true to your word, or B, that coin flip happens, you know, the the rope snaps, and then you're you're praising God today in heaven, right? You know, you're not having to endure any challenge you faced, right? So it was a win-win. And that digital camera was in my pocket, and no one would have thought about it, right? <laughs> Wow, that was good. Well, that was very unprepared in the sense that, Kyle, you had no idea I was going to ask that, and I was not disappointed by your story. So thank you for that. Well, on a more serious note, Dace, uh, we always start with the verse of the day here at the Thriving in Ministry podcast. Uh, why don't you go ahead and share with us uh, our general verse for today? You bet. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him, James 1.5. Ah, I love that passage. It just reminds me that wisdom, uh, the wisdom we really need is from God, and he's ready and willing to give it. And in my life, I often have thought, oh, man, I've, I've, I've got to make this decision. It's going to be hard. What if I get it wrong? And it's like almost like I'm trying to solve a puzzle, 
in order to make the next move. But it's so cool that the scripture reminds us God wants us to know what to do more than we want to know if we'll just listen. Yeah. And and so as we're talking through uh, seeking counsel and, and making sound decisions today, starting with wisdom, starting with uh, faith and the impact uh, and the, the leading of the spirit, I think is really going to be important for our church leaders to hear. Um, let me ask you this, you know, finding God's will uh, in the middle of decision making. Uh, we've talked about that some, but what do you mean by that? And, and why are we talking about finding God's will uh, through making decisions. You bet, Kyle. Well, what we're really talking about is making decisions that honor God or taking the steps of faith that we know are led by God. I mean, every ministry leader knows that part of their leadership is making decisions. In fact, you can't lead unless you're making decisions. As we know, passivity is not an option, as it's been well said before. And so decisions are just part of my role um, as a leader. And so I want to make the right moves. I want to, I want to make the right decisions when it comes to my, my life, my marriage and my ministry. And that doesn't need to be this gigantic, intimidating thing that, that paralyzes me with fear and causes me to do nothing because doing nothing is a decision as well. And sometimes that's like the worst decision you can make. And as you so eloquently said, Dace, uh, pastors, our church leaders listening are bombarded with making decisions uh, before we get too deep into it. And I don't want to misquote this, but the idea is true. Uh, I heard someone once say, uh, hey, I only make decisions on Thursdays or I only make decisions on Tuesdays uh, for their staff being able to be like, hey, this is the time I'm going to focus on it. Um, and the spirit can lead on Thursdays just as he can uh, Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. But uh, it was really important for him uh, to build a routine in his life because of uh, all the pressures to say, hey, if you need me, this is when I'm going to be making the decision. So uh, let's talk about this. Uh, let's give some practical steps, uh, walk them along this pathway. Uh, how do we make decisions in our lives that honor God? Let's start there. Well, I think it begins with having the right mindset and foundations in place that we carry throughout our lives, regardless of whether or not we're making a decision. And one passage that speaks to this is Matthew six thirty three that says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's interesting that the context of that passage is about not worrying or, or being anxious. And so we have to have the right mentality. I mean, obviously following Jesus, I mean, that should bring about a complete transformation of the way that we look at life and we grow as we follow Jesus. You know, we grow in that. But I think that it's a, a mentality that says, I, I want to seek God. I want to seek his kingdom. I want to seek his righteousness. I want to be a person who looks at the world the way God sees it. I want to be a person who responds to the challenges of the world the way that God does. And Kevin DeYoung says this well when he states, the will of God for our lives is that we would first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. The most important decision we face is a daily decision to live for Christ and to die to self. And so I think that his quote there, that actually comes from a little book that he wrote called Just Do Something, which is about making decisions. You know, that that mindset, that mentality is really the right foundation for decision making a, if you want to call it a kingdom first mindset to make a decision. And I think in that book, uh, Daisy also says something along the lines of, you know, God wants us to stop obsessing about the future, you know, trusting uh, in 
uh, God, we should put aside kind of passivity, perfectionism, uh, all these things, uh, and kind of get on with our lives. So, uh, you know, can we talk a little bit about uh, faith versus uh, making the need to make a decision? So I want to have faith for this, but I also um, am responsible for making this uh, decision. Well, so the foundation to God's will is the right outlook on life. And it's an outlook that says that God's got to be first in my life. And so our decisions are born out of that mentality that, man, I want to, I want to put God first in my life. Bad decisions come from any deviation from that when really there's something else that's driving us or pushing us to make a decision. For example, um, we're just tired and exhausted because we haven't been taking care of ourselves. Could there be a pastor out there that that that's happened to <laughs> only all the time? And so as a result, because things are out of balance in their life, yeah, they're not making always the best decision. Or it could be something as simple as, um, I'm just afraid of disappointing this group of people. And so instead of putting you know good things aside so that I can do the best things, the most important things for my family and for my ministry, instead, I, I, I've got to, I've got to please these people here, or I've got to respond to this text or answer this email or do this thing that really should probably be put aside, but I do it anyway. And so, you know, Kyle, what I'm just, just trying to illustrate is, is that you and I have got to have the right outlook. And that right outlook is God has to be first in my life. And he has to be the one that I'm endeavoring to honor with my decisions. But so many times we're, we're pushed in other directions apart from that by things that we think that we have to do. You know, well, I, I, I have to do it because this person will be upset or I have to respond to this text after hours and, or I'll disappoint these people. And the question is, really, is that really what putting God first in your life looks like. So yeah, it's it's having this kingdom ethic, uh, a, a life where I'm seeking God, putting him first, and I really want to live righteously because Jesus is righteous. And to that point, Dace, I think what I would say in relationship to faith is uh, making a decision or not making a decision uh, doesn't have to be a faith decision. So if we say, hey, this is having a right outlook on life, uh, is is part of my faith journey. Uh, understand that there are going to be some things uh, we've talked before about uh, a budget issue. I don't know that a fifty dollar uh, spend for honoring volunteers is a faith decision. So I think as we're talking uh, today, we really are talking about some of those life decisions, ministry strategies, yeah. uh, as opposed to yes, check a box, approve an invoice, uh, whatever you got to do. So. Dace, let me let's let's talk about. It. We have some steps. Uh, let's kind of get into the first one uh, and go from there for our church leaders listening today. The first step is really why. Why do I want to do this or not do this? What is the motivation? As a leader, we have to ask ourselves the question: Are we being motivated by the right type of desire? I mean, is it a desire that honors God and wants to see His kingdom advance? A Matthew six thirty three type of desire where we're making a decision because we really just want God to be honored. We want to seek his kingdom or is there something else going on there? And so I think the first question is just simply why, what's the motivation? And as we have these big life questions uh, and even kind of purpose and some of these other ones, I would encourage people to listen to uh, 
even or go watch a YouTube video. Simon Sinek uh, obviously spends a lot of time on this, but you know, starting with why and kind of helps us think through um, some of those. So I know there's some other points that uh, we want to share today. So can you share with us uh, points two and three? Number two is, is there a clear biblical basis? And so we first looked at our heart, and then now we're looking at the scripture in relationship to our heart. Is there a passage that speaks directly about this issue or a principle from God's word that speaks about this issue? You know, basically the the question is, what does God's word say? Is it wrong for me to do this? Is it a sin for me to do this? Would it honor God for me to do this? Uh, If I you know, feel like punching somebody out, you know, I mean, ah, you know, is that, is that really something that I need to do? Or, uh, you know, so it's just really an evaluation of the scripture. I think, you know, this is more than just flipping your Bible open and just, you know, looking to shotgun a few verses in there. I think this is basically allowing the Bible to inform our view of ourselves and the way that we make decisions. And so am I prohibitive clearly from scripture in doing this? I mean, an easy one would be, you know, should I, uh, should I take another wife? Right. You know, uh, you know, maybe a, that's a bad example, I guess, <laughs> but, but for somebody that's listening, if you're struggling with, you know, should you take a second or a third or a fourth wife, you know, I'm just going to say, no, I'm just going to say there's a prohibition against that, you know, be a one woman man. Uh, but you know, obviously some of our decisions are a little more difficult than that. At the end of the day, you know, we, we really need to look at the scripture to begin with and say, Hey, is this something scripturally that's going to honor God or not? The third point is, what does wise counsel say? So when you're making a decision, even as a leader, good leaders are going to seek out godly and trusted advisors. And the book of Proverbs says so much about this, about there being wisdom and wise counsel. And so any major decision I make, um, I'm examining my heart, I'm walking with God through the word. And then I'm seeking wise counsel from people that I can trust. The funny thing about it is, is that other people can sometimes see more clearly what is going on than we can. And there's an easy reason for that. And it's really just perspective. Sometimes we're so close to things and they're so personal. And then someone outside who's backed up a little bit, you know, they see the entirety of the situation and it's just so clear that, wow, that may not be a good decision. And we're so close to it, we can't see it. And so as a leader, you know, we've got to know who to trust. I'm not saying you go down to the convenience store and you just ask a random person, but wise counsel, people you can trust, people that you know have your back, um, I think is the right place to go. So what does wise counsel say? Yeah, and that, that wise counsel can look like a lot of different things for you and your church. So that may be um, talking to one of the leaders in your church, those key leaders about certain initiatives. Uh, that can also be different things. Sometimes that's seeking uh, outside help. And there's a lot of great resources out there, but uh, in terms of specific areas of your church or your ministry, uh, going out to the world and saying, hey, you're an expert here. Um, this is where I need help. And one of the things I would say even about counsel is I was talking to a, a lawyer who had worked for churches and uh, she said, hey, a lot of times churches are afraid to reach out to me and mm-hmm. seek counsel and their strategy is hope and pray. Uh, And so I think there's this kind of pendulum swinging where we do want to have faith, but uh, there's also a time to seek counsel uh, and ask 
the question you really need to, to ask. Well, Kyle, and we didn't plan on going here, but I am going to mention it to our listeners. You know, that's part of actually what you do in the sense that I know one of the things that you do is with your background and experience in the business world, you bring a fresh set of eyes to some of the logistical challenges, some of the business matters, first impressions, finances, just basic business skills that it's amazing the conversations that you and I've had where, you know, it's so clear from your background, but yet it just completely shrouded in mystery for many church leaders. And that's because they're too close to it. And so sometimes just a fresh set of eyes, you know, connecting with an attorney that's that's versed in in the matters that are being discussed or, you know, a, a, an organization like Talenton. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, uh, you're right. This was an unscripted plug. But if you are at that point where you need to seek wise counsel uh, outside of your sphere of influence, I'd love to have a conversation. Uh, you can email me at K-Y-L-E. That's Kyle at Talenton Services, T-A-L-A-N-T-O-N services.com. All one word. Days, I appreciate it. Uh, not what we were hoping to do today, but I'm blushing. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next steps of that decision-making pathway. Number four is so important. Do I have the space in my life to hear from God clearly? I think this is just critical for making healthy decisions. And what it has to do with is, am I really in a right, flourishing, intimate relationship with God, or have ministry demands, obligations, deadlines, and people crowded the space in my life and in my soul so that I can so that I'm not hearing clearly from God. You know, Jesus made it his regular habit and practice to go away to a desolate place, uh, to commune with the Father, to pray. And that is a discipline that is so uncommon in our day and our age. It's go, go, go. It's busy. It's, you know, most of what we do, if we're not talking to people, uh, we're in front of a screen. And that screen could be our phone or our computer or at home, our TV or our iPad or our Kindle. It's screens. It's it's just every area of our life that seems like there's just things that like just crowd in there. And so I know as a spiritual leader, I've got to have space in my life so that I can actually hear from God. I mean, Jesus did this. He encouraged the disciples to do this. And if you're going to make decisions and good decisions, uh, you have to have the space in your life. You have to have the margin in your life. You have to turn devices off. You have to get alone. You have to retreat. I don't believe that a pastor is called to isolate, but I do believe that they're called to separate themselves. And the reason why they separate themselves is because there are times in life where we have to make decisions and we really do need the clarity that comes from just that right relationship with God. So I think one of the benefits of having space in our life, uh, days as we're talking about this, is that it really uh, helps to create an opportunity, uh, frankly, for sometimes the, the spirit to lead. And, uh, you know, we, we think about this, uh, the still small voice and what that looked like for me in certain seasons of my life was simply, uh, going on a drive down a backcountry road, uh, you know, finding out a place and just driving 20 miles to a place I'd never been and really just say, okay, God, uh, we're talking about this, uh, this pathway of why, uh, and then the biblical basis. We're also then seeking wise counsel, uh, margin that 
that separation, that space can be a great uh, tool and space for digestion. So you've said, hey, God, this is who you said I am. Uh, this is your promise. This is what others are saying. And it kind of marinates there. Uh, and so I think uh, the outcome is really a much sweeter product at the end. And uh, so what is that outcome? What's the what's the last step? For those of us that are married, God has given you a partner in life. And the Bible says that when two come together in marriage, there's supposed to be a unity there as though we're one flesh. And so that flesh really, just like your body, no part of your body should be divided. You know, you don't want to chop a finger or toe off. I mean, that would hurt, right? And so you know, your body needs to be whole. And so there needs to be unity within your body. And so what does my spouse think? Is there peace, clarity, and unity? Are they on board? I'm not trying to, you know, just to talk them into it or pressure them into it. What do they really think? Do they really think that this is a good idea? And, you know, I, every major decision that we've made in the past close to 20 years, I think I cannot think of a major decision where we haven't been on the same page. Now, there's been times where it's taken a little bit of time to get there, but we've always wanted to move forward in unity, and I think that's so important. I want to add one other thing, Kyle, and I just want to say that making good decisions is a practice and a habit, and so is making bad decisions. And that might sound a little bit cliche, but I think it's important to recognize that when we're talking about making good decisions, we're talking about a person that is walking in a healthy way with God and with others, right? I mean, they're tuned in to the motives of their heart. That's number one. They're informed and allowing scripture to inform them. That's number two. They're not Mr. Macho Man controlling, uh, I'm the captain of my own universe, so I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do. They're not, they're not that guy, and some ministry leaders are that guy, and it's not great. They're, they're willing to humbly seek wise counsel. That's number four. Uh, excuse me, that's number three. Number four, they're willing to walk in a rhythm in life that's not crazy by their own design, Right. They're actually in control of their schedule and their lives with the grace of God instead of so many times allowing just, I'm a victim of my circumstance. You know, that's a whole, that's a whole pastoral mentality, you know, to, to where, oh, I, I've got to do this. I've got to meet these deadlines. I'm stuck. You know, I'm the victim. You know, that, that's not true. We've just got to learn to walk in a different rhythm. Well, I can't do that. I've got too many deadlines and obligations going on. Well, Maybe we need to say no to some things. And so number four is I'm willing to walk in a rhythm that's going to honor God where I can actually hear from him because I want to be an intimate fellowship with him. And then to put the cherry on the top there, you know, my spouse, yeah, I value what she says and we're on the same page because we walk in life together. I think if all those things are going on in our lives, I think we'll have the habit of making awesome God honoring decisions. And I think since this is the Thriving in Ministry podcast, I think if any one of those five are left out, uh, ultimately it's not cultivating a long-term, fruitful, thriving ministry. Absolutely. So we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode, The Pastor's Pathway into Making Decisions. Uh, we are going to start doing these so that we are laying out a framework. If you say, hey, these are the five steps, or it helps me to think through a visual example, uh, we really want to provide a framework 
provide some wide counsel, some space for you to hear from God uh, so that you can thrive in ministry. And if you want to help us grow the reach of dailypastor.com and the Thriving in Ministry podcast, uh, we would be so grateful if you could subscribe to this podcast. Go ahead, click that button, uh, subscribe now. Also, we'd be so honored if you would either leave us a review uh, or share this episode with someone else in your circle of influence. Have a great day. And if there's any topic that you'd like us to discuss on future episodes, shoot us an email at thedailypastor at gmail.com. Have a blessed day. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast.